On today's episode, I'm joined by Brittany Lawrence from Let's Talk Science, which is a national organization that offers a multitude of services, all in the effort of providing high-quality learning experiences for both teachers and students. Brittany talks about how her journey has led her to her current role with Let's Talk Science as the Education Program Manager for Professional Learning and how they pride themselves on using evidence-based approaches to their learning experiences. Join me and Brittany as we discuss virtual digital literacy summits, connecting teachers through broadcasts and webinars, and their teacher leader program. Welcome to My Creative Classroom. Well, welcome back to My Creative Classroom. Uh, today's guest is the one and only Brittany Lawrence from Let's Talk Science. Brittany, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm super pumped. So Brittany, as we kick things off, uh, let's tell uh, the audience a little bit about yourself. So who you are in your background, what your role is with Let's Talk Science, and a little bit about what Let's Talk Science is as an organization. I think in what's important in kind of understanding who I am and and why I'm here at Let's Talk Science um, is understanding a bit of my career path and 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 the kind of how I got here and, and what led me here. Um, and I think it's important too because of who Let's Talk Science is in the, as an organization and how much I resonate with their mission and values. So, so as you you introduced me, I'm Brittany Lawrence. I'm the Education Program Manager uh, for Professional Learning at Let's Talk Science. I am a mom of two very active boys, <laughs> one of who's six and in grade one, and I have a three-year-old who's almost four, and they are certainly keeping me very very busy. Um, over the past uh, several months while we've been home at, at COVID. Um, so I did my, my Bachelor of Science at the University of Guelph. Uh, I did biological sciences and psychology. And actually, when I first started my BSc, I thought that I was going to be a doctor. I think that is probably half of the people who go into their Bachelor of Science. They go in thinking, yeah, I could be a doctor. That seems like the one of like the three uh, jobs I know of. <laughs> I could be a doctor. I could be a teacher. And then I can be like maybe like a lawyer or like an one of the ist jobs I can do, and so um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be a doctor, and like really quickly, really really quickly into my BSc, uh, I realized that that probably wasn't gonna be <laughs> in the cards for me. Uh, I have friends now who are doctors and and definitely had a different personality type than than I do. So I, you know, in my undergrad, I um I got really involved in the university. Uh, I was a resident assistant, and um, I really cared so much more about uh, those kind of like co-curricular activities. Um, I loved the science part of it. It was really like, you know, fueled my, my passion for learning. But in terms of like where I put a lot of my energy, it was into the university itself. So when I exited my BSc, um, I was really lost what I was going to do. Because remember, I had like known five jobs total in my whole life that was possible. <laughs> um, and I actually added a sixth one, which was working at a university. And so I, right out of my undergrad, uh, got a job working for the University of Toronto um, in their residence life program. And I did that for two years, developing training for uh, residence assistants or DONs, people call them, um, and thinking about like co-curricular programming and how to get people engaged and involved um, within residence life. And one of the things I really realized is how much I missed science and like how much I missed engaging in science and also how much I love teaching. So of course, what's my one of like my five jobs, six jobs that I knew in my life, I'm like, I'm gonna be a teacher. 
<laughs> that's what I'll do. Um, and so I went, uh, I got my, my B ed at, at, uh, the university of Western Ontario. And I, I remember getting my acceptance letter and thinking they want me to be a teacher. Like someone actually wants me to teach people like this is kind of cool. Right. It's kind of a ego boost. Um, and at the time in Ontario, and I think still, it was a really tough time to be a teacher. Like they just, there just wasn't any jobs. And so, uh, I, I got, thankfully got a, a job at a private school teaching senior bio and chem. Um, but I was covering someone's mat leave. So I was just on an LTO. And so I did that for a year and, I uh, can hands down say it was the hardest professional year of my life. Um, I know they say like, you got to get through five years of teaching before you can actually like get your head above water. I see you nodding. Uh, but that year one, like I didn't stop working. Like I just, I worked the whole time. Like, is it still like that? I don't know if it's like, if that's how teachers are all the time. If not, I mean, if it is, hats off to all of you. Um, but I remember leaving that year and like looking for positions and like things just weren't opened up and even supply lists weren't open up. And I like, I kind of felt a little burnt out, you know, like I, and I was doing the type of teaching that I think people would traditionally call like the sage on the stage, you know, like I was like really freaked out. Like I was not willing to go outside of my comfort zone to do any kind of like inquiry-based learning or I just wasn't there yet. So it was very much like the PowerPoint stand in front of the class. I would, entice them by doing like high kicks and like showing like Bill Nye videos. <laughs> um, sometimes I'd throw like a movie trailer in there. Like I loved connecting with the students, but like I was so freaked out, <laughs> so freaked out. I had no roadmap and I really didn't feel like, you know, University of Western Ontario did an excellent job in the BID, but I, and this isn't to throw them under the bus at all. Um, it was, I didn't really feel like they had shown me how to teach in a way that was non-traditional, right? Like I just, I, I did so much more when I was in the university system to kind of have it as like an experiential learning, co-learning environment. And then all of a sudden here I am teaching high school science and standing at the front of the classroom and like drowning and just being like super freaked out every day of like what I was gonna do. And so I think at that point I kind of thought, well, maybe, maybe like, teaching high school like isn't my thing like maybe adult learners is my thing and like going back to the university and so I went back to the I, I got a job at the University of Toronto and I decided to go more into the academic stream of things and like advising and because I loved kind of like connecting with students and like working with them and and doing all those kind of co-curriculars and so that's where I kind of lived for 10 years I lived in the university system um, as a as an academic advisor, program coordinator, uh, and I, I decided to do my master's of education at the University of Toronto um, at the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education, and um, and my MED was like it's just those transform uh, like transformational, you know, like I. Uh, putting theory to practice, so kind of having that praxis behind me and like realizing that there was there was an ability to take theory and actually work it into what you're doing. Um, but then also like equally important was like your actual like feet on the ground experience uh, really started to help me to kind of reframe what my career could be. And I think at, or in and around the same time, um, you know, I loved working in the higher ed sector. Like, it, don't get me wrong, it's 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 an excellent place to work. But so many of the students I was advising, it, it 
they were coming into my to my advising office and they were already burnt out of science. You know, they were flunking at a first year cam. They were they were having the same kinds of experiences as what I was teaching, where they were doing memorization and they were, um, you know, they weren't really connecting with the concepts. They they didn't really know how to learn yet. Um, and so I really started thinking about, you know, well, I have all of this background, all this like really weird background, right? This kind of like mashup. And, you know, science was always kind of trying to pull me back of like, I miss being able to engage in this community and I missed being able to engage with teachers. And, and I really saw this opportunity at the time of like, well, can I re-engage with this younger audience and see what kind of, what I can do? Um, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher uh, in the traditional sense of standing in front of the classroom. I was, <laughs> I got my butt thoroughly kicked doing that <laughs> in year one. So anyway, so then this job pops up at Let's Talk Science and um, and they wanted someone with a BSc, a B.Ed., an M.Ed., someone with, I think, well, a number of years of experience with adult education and um, doing uh, co-curriculars and programming within universities is very much like teaching adults and educators because they're busy. You have to be thinking about like relevant um, and experiential based activities in order to engage them. You can't just like put something together and hope people are going to come. You have to be really thinking about the learner. So this job was posted and I can tell you it was one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life applying to it, but I honestly read it. And I got goosebumps. I'm like, you know, to my husband, the first time I saw it, I'm like, I have to apply to this job. Like this is, I can't like, this is my job. Like I, it felt like it was written for me and not any kind of like egotistical sense, but in like kind of like this like kismet, like universes colliding, like what other jobs are you going to see that has your exact experience in it? Um, and so anyway, I've been with the I've been with Let's Talk Science for almost six months now. So it's still pretty fresh. Um, but it's been like it's been such a ride. Like I've I've never loved a job. Like I love this job. Like it's so many opportunities have opened up for me. And um the other thing I'll say about like what kind of my passion is, I love creating things. I, like I get so excited to do fun and new things. And working in higher ed, um, I'm not really known for like doing things quickly. <laughs> it's kind of about, you know, like there's a lot of like institutional value in tradition. Um, and, and I think you see that often too in, in education, right? It's, there is change or is innovation, but it does take early adopters to, and change agents to get things moving. And then, you know, it takes some time and buy-in and more time and more time. Um, and Let's Talk Science is really an organization about innovation and creation and trying to like bring really cool things and relevant and new things to educators. So there's a little bit about me. I'm so sorry <laughs> if I rambled, but I think it was important to kind of showcase, you know, it's not a linear path, one. And two, there really is a reason why I'm, I'm sitting here today and why I'm so excited about sitting in, in this organization. And it sounds like you've had this this past, obviously you have this past, um, that really helps you be who you are today in the organization of Let's Talk Science. And, and one thing that you did say, uh, which was, you know, putting theory into practice, how is it that Let's Talk Science you know, it helps educators kind of kind of build into that momentum um, of putting theory into practice. So what, what kind of supports does Let's Talk Science offer these teachers? And when you talk about early adopters of, of transformational thinking, um, so what kind of supports or what, what does Let's Talk Science offer 
educators when they visit your site or they take part in the organization to help them do that in their classroom? Yeah, well, I think there's like a there's a couple of ways. One is Bonnie Schmidt, who is the founder of Let's Talk Science. Um, she is a researcher um, by by training, right? So she did her PhD at the, at the University of Western Ontario, uh, and that's kind of how Let's Talk Science started through that. So, I mean, she, her lens in which she runs the organization, which she leads the organization, is through evidence-based practice, right? So she's constantly looking and working with experts and, and looking at the research and what's going on next. You look at Canada 2067, um, which is a document that was put together in, in conjunction with Let's Talk Science um, to think to to really look at like what do students want, right? What what is it that students need and want, and what's kind of happening next? Um, you know that was brought about because what we're looking for is providing um, opportunities for our educators that are based on one what people want, but two what what are some of what is coming up next, right? Um, and then, I, I mean, for myself, I think, you know, with my staff and, and with the people I work with, we are constantly sharing uh, research with each other that we're finding. We're constantly sharing articles and, and best practices and things that we are coming across that, that are either emerging or, or that we're seeing trends in. And so I think we take some of those, we're taking some of those things and you know, some of the products that are out there. And then we are, we're trying to make sense of them for teachers. So one of the ways the organization was explained to me when I first started was kind of like a conduit between what's happening out in, um, in the world and teachers, right. And kind of taking all of that information and then finding out, okay, well, what, what do our teachers need and want? What do our educators or our students need and want? Um, and then how can we kind of funnel that to them in a, in a way that they can utilize? Uh, so a lot of our, I mean, one really cool way that, that I see this done is um, even just in some of like our website resources. So we have a feature on our website where you can actually look up your province your grade, subject area, and unit, and we've compiled resources and activities and videos for you to be able to just pull on quickly. Um, you know, we know that that educators can be creative and and that they have great ways of using things, um, but there's always there's not always a lot of time to do that, right? So, um, so I, I think that like that's kind of a roundabout answer for you, but I think really what we're trying to do is what's going on out there and kind of keeping our finger on the pulse. What, where, what are we hearing from our educators, right? About what their students need. And then how can we make that connection between the two things? And that's an interesting world, right? Connecting the, the, the outside world with the teachers and what they're doing, which is essentially what this podcast is trying to do is connect the ed tech world with teachers and providing them information. Uh, and you speak to the website about, you know, teachers being able to search by province and, and, and filtering, if you will, subject areas and then down into maybe even units and topics what how does how what other ways does let's talk science support the teacher let's say you know they they're using your your platform they're going to the website they're using those tools and you talked a little bit about some hands-on activities that are there does let's talk science offer professional learning whether it be virtual or in person to these teachers um, looking to to use these tools oh well, pro well you use the magic words because professional learning is my jam <laughs> Well, and, and I think, you know, outwardly, we, we talk about professional learning. And interestingly, 
inwardly, we talk about it as the educator experience. So, and eating is like, like an important frame to give um, because what we're trying to produce is professional learning. We're trying to, you know, enhance um, the materials and things that we have for our educators. But what we're trying to do is create high quality educational experiences for our educators when we're talking about professional learning. And so, um, I mean, take our virtual summit that we just had last week. Uh, so we put on a, a 13 session virtual summit. Um, and the whole goal of the virtual summit was to think about techniques and tools that educators could use in the online environment and bringing in speakers such as yourself um, to talk about like, what does that look like? And, and, and what techniques can we utilize? And what tools are out there? And I mean, one of the really cool things I think that came out of last week, which I loved, um, was this message that it's not about the, necessarily the specific tool. It's about the way that you're utilizing the tool. It's about the outcomes. Like, why are you? Why do you want to use this, right? But we do. So I mean, going back to like what we do for professional learning. So we do a blended learning approach. Uh, and I have to give so much of the credit to Joanna Sanders, who's the director of professional learning at Let's Talk Science, uh, who really has thought so hard about how to get the, these materials and, and how to get this learning out to educators across Canada. But basically, the, our strategy, if you will, is um, a combination of webinars that we put out that people can either attend live or, or uh, see afterwards. Um, Self-paced learning through Brightspace. So we now have the D2L Brightspace. And actually the virtual literacy summit that I was just talking about. Uh, individuals who weren't able to engage last week can still um, engage through Brightspace and see all the recordings and the resources. Um, we've got co-learning broadcasts. So these are really popular. So they're actually filmed well before the time of COVID, they were filmed in Saskatchewan uh, in classrooms, in elementary classrooms. And what we actually did was we had a facilitator go and work with the teacher and the students on digital literacy initiatives. Um, we were focused on computational thinking this year and actually broadcast that out across the country. So people could watch live with their classes or they could download it later and watch it. And then we gave them all of the resources and activities that were associated with those broadcasts. Um, and then we also do in-person events. Obviously, right now, <laughs> that's on a bit of a pause. Uh, we were doing summits across uh, Canada. But one of the cool things that, that you'll know a lot about um, that we started this year and, and part of the reason why I was brought on was that we actually hired uh, 19 teacher leaders this year um, across Canada. And so the teacher leader program is really to bring in um, teachers from across Canada who are active and enthusiastic about professional development and about um, you know sharing cool things with other, with their other educators. Um, and so what we were supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> right when COVID hit, I was literally like in the week of almost booking like something like 80 to 100 in-person sessions across Canada. And we were like in our like go, go, go time and COVID hit. Um, 
But the plan when we can actually get back to everyone being in person is that some of these awesome um, workshops that we do, which could be anywhere from, you know, a couple hours to a half day or a full day, can actually be booked across the country either through professional development days or um, we'll book them and invite people. Um, but we actually have these, you know, experts on the ground who are actually teachers um, who can deliver some of this material so people can access it no matter where they are in Canada. And you brought up some some valuable points here that I want to address. Um, we'll start off with, you know, you mentioned these professional, this suite of professional learning opportunities for teachers, webinars, self-paced learning, um, and, uh, you know, going on to, to Brightspace, the DTO D2L website as well. Um, so one thing that I kind of want to talk about here is you talk about your opportunity for in-person sessions and 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 the ability to book these across Canada. Um, and we are currently um, under you know for us you know a state of emergency due to COVID nineteen. So so how and I in our current situation I guess how does Let's Talk Science adapt to not being able to offer these in-person sessions? Um, to, to be able to still offer that support to educators? Oh, and such a good question. And I mean, again, I, I mentioned Bonnie's, Bonnie Schmidt's name earlier, but I have to give her so much credit for the way that she and the rest of our leadership team have really thought about this, this particular question and, and this handling. And, you know, when all this came down, the first thing she said is we need to think about our people. You know, like our people are the ones who will get us through this and we have to be in this together. And and she's really lived, we've really lived as an organization of how do we take care of each other so that we can continue to put out high quality um, programming uh, and sessions and, and activities and resources to our educators. And, and how do we do it in a way which we're listening to, um, to what people need, right? Because, you know, and this isn't to say anything negative about other organizations, but I mean, I'm sure you saw it day two of this whole thing. I was getting pinged with so many resources and so many things. And I mean, even as a parent, whew, I could barely keep up with like just getting my kids dressed every day. <laughs> and so one of the things that we've really thought about is, you know, how do we, how do we obviously stick to, somewhat of our plan and, and what we were supposed to be doing it, but doing it in an online way and doing it in a way that people can still um, still access. So this virtual summit that we did last week, like, that was not planned before COVID. We were supposed to be doing in-person summits across Canada for the rest of the year. Um, and of course, we don't know what summer summer looks like just yet across the country. It might look different. So we're not really prepared as an organization yet to say what, what it's going to look like, right? We, we are going to be really, we're really, really watching what's happening um, and what the health ministers are, are telling us to do. But um, that's a great example, right? Of, okay, well, all of a sudden everyone is working online. Um, not everyone has access to online, like in terms of students. So it's not even just online, it's online and remote. Um, and what can we be doing to like maybe make this a little bit easier? And I, one of the things that, that we kept coming back to is when teachers spend, when educators spend time with us, we don't, we want it to feel like an escape. We want it to feel like they're with us and they're like able to like take the time and enjoy what they're doing. That it, 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 we don't want it to be a stressful situation at all. So we really led with what can we do that's applicable 
that they can use, but that they're also enjoying. So one of the things you'll notice that we did um, was in our webinars, we made them very specific. So they're very like um, activity and task specific so that educators could watch something like how to build a virtual scavenger hunt. These are tools that they have that are free and they could walk away, they could do it that day. You know, they didn't have to sift through an hour long of 10 different ideas or, you know, like why why Google is the best platform or, or whatever. We we thought, okay, here is an activity they can do. Um, it's not going to, we, we didn't feel like it was going to be something that anyone was going to feel overwhelmed by. We're here to support them. Um, and they can they can turn around and do it tomorrow with their students. So we've been really thinking, at least in a prof the professional learning team, we've been really thinking about... You know, I, I, I say this to my team, um, think about when you're delivering, right? Or when you're when you're creating an educational experience, what's the one thing you're gonna take, what's one thing that your uh, participants are gonna take away? And if you can think of one thing that they are gonna take away with them and they're gonna do it, your impact just goes, flies through the roof. Because I think one of the things that happen is people think about like, what are the 10 things I can tell them? It's not it's one it's actually one maybe three maybe if you're like if you have like a whole day <laughs> you have a, a like a 45 minute webinar what's the one thing so that's that's some, one of the, the approaches we're trying to take um and then like you know as an organization we have over 39,000 volunteers our outreach um the outreach branch of our organization is what most people know about us. And so we've been really thinking, you know, what, how can we, um, how can we support those people? How can we, like with our outreach, we were supposed to be doing that, the LTS challenge, right? Like, which was in person. And so they adapted the LTS challenge to be an online um, video quiz. So, you know, like there's stuff like that, that they're really like thinking like strategically about, what are the things that people love about Let's Talk Science? What are the things people can really like latch onto and utilize? And then how can we deliver it in this kind of like online online realm? And you mentioned a few things here that I'd like to address. And you talked about, you know, what are the things that people love about Let's Talk Science? And I think one of the most commonly known things is the Tomato Sphere project um, that people would 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 kind of adapt into their classroom and and grow these space seeds, if you will, and, and see whether or not the tomato plants grow. Um, so I, I'd like to talk about just really some specifics, and I'm a little all over the place, but your webinar dealt with specifics here, um, and I know some of those, which are Scratch, um, and you guys do micro bits in person, and you have Tomato Sphere. What are some of the focuses that Let's Talk Science has to offer when it comes to these projects or the outreach branch or or these sessions that that, that you provide? Yeah, so um, we talked a little bit about the uh, about the website and the future of like being able to grab the educational resource and like filter down to. Um, we actually have also launched a STEM at home page. 
So the STEM at Home page on our website um, has really uh, curated really great resources for engaging, you know, kids across the country at home. Um, so in every week, these resources are updated. So I would say right off the bat, if you're looking, if you're at home and you're looking for quick ways to kind of engage with Let's Talk Science, the STEM at Home page, and I'll give you all these links afterwards if you if you want to post them in your notes. Um, that's, a, that's a really quick way. You're going to get a bunch of information on that page about some of the things that you, that you can take part in. Um, and then in terms of our program, I mean, we have three programs I think people really know us, like to really, really know us from, and that's to meet us here in living space. Um, and then we have our fish market survey. Uh, but in terms of tomato sphere, I mean, I don't, and, and one of the things to kind of know about Let's Talk Science is it is a huge organization with so many different, so many different people who make this happen. Um, so I have to apologize because I'm actually not directly involved in the tomato sphere or any of the, the specific projects, but, um, the things that I mean, like people can still be um, signing up for next year for Tomato Sphere and Living Space. Um, I'll give you all the links so that people can go directly to the to those web pages and and check that out. But some of the cool things that educators have been doing this year that I've seen with Tomato Sphere, and we heard Amanda and Julie um, and Maria talk about Tomato Sphere within their their spotlight sessions last week, uh, was they actually are, are sending some of the plants home with students and bringing some of the plants home. So for people who aren't, um, who don't know, who are listening, who don't know about Tomato Sphere. So basically what happens is it's a hands-on program that allows um, you to get your hands on seeds that have been up in the International Space Station and then seeds that, that were here from Earth. Um, and you actually, tr you, you utilize these seeds to um, investigate with your students some of the impacts of seeds in space. So it's it's really, really cool. Um, so, and I know that the, the program has been going on for a really long time. So um, some of the things they've been doing is sending some of the seeds home with their students or some of the plants home with their students, um, taking some themselves and then utilizing that experience to interact with their students while at home. And I think that just goes to show the magnitude of what Let's Talk Science is. Like you, you're, you're sending teachers seeds that have been on the International Space Station. Um, I think that just goes to show it speaks volumes to who you are um, in the sense that it's not, oh, I'll deliver, you know, flower or tomato seeds that are just from the market. It's really they've been in outer space and not many companies can say that they can deliver these to teachers. I know. And we had someone from the Canadian Space Agency actually on our discussion board last week who works at the CSA um, and uh Talk, like talking with us on the discussion board. So if you go into Brightspace and look in our discussion board, we have a couple of um, of comments from someone who, who works at the CSA. And on Twitter last week, I, um, we were, you know, we, we tagged the CSA or, or one of our speakers tagged the CSA and we got a like from from them. So, you know, like, it's really cool to be connected with, with them. I, it's, I, you know, I still can't believe I work here. <laughs> And you seem to be putting together this this platform. You know, we've we talked about Brightspace a few a few times, D2L, where where teachers can access, you know, your virtual summit webinars, the the sessions, the keynotes, the the spotlight speakers. Uh, they can all be accessed there. So you're you're kind of creating this this longevity, this sustainable model where teachers can come to a space and and learn uh, not just from your website but also from Brightspace and have this global community of uh, people who are interested, like minded, and looking for ways to transform their classroom. 
So you mentioned the teacher leader program briefly a little bit earlier on. Um, so if you don't mind speaking to that a little bit, because if teachers are interested maybe in growing into this program, what does that look like? How can a teacher be involved or be considered uh, to be a member of this program? Yeah, so the teacher leader program, as I mentioned earlier, is um, an initiative to be able to, I guess it has a couple of outcomes that are important to mention. One is we have, as you know, excellent, excellent, like, next level teachers across this country. And education in British Columbia doesn't necessarily look exactly like education in New Brunswick. You know, like I remember when we were doing our training and people were talking to each other about the the similarities and the differences, but there's a lot to be learned from each other across the country. And you kind of talked about that kind of like community of practice idea, right? And so I think that's one for us is like partnering with teachers, partnering with educators who are feet are on the ground, you know, like I think about myself, I haven't been in a classroom in over 10 years in terms of being a teacher. I can learn like the amount that I learn from all of you on a daily basis when I have conversations with you and what I what I learned when we were together um, doing training last year, or I guess at the beginning of this year. Um, that's immeasurable, right? So I mean, one of if you think about back to like, one of the things that we're trying to do here is be this conduit, right? And well, you need to know your audience. <laughs> so that's huge for us is being able to partner with all of you. And then the other thing is actually trying to get um, get our programming out across Canada. So we can't be flying everywhere <laughs> to deliver our programs. We tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, and so in, in terms of like actually getting this out to people, uh, we realized that we needed more feet on the ground and that, that there, wa- there was this expertise within our teachers and in, in the in the country to do that. Um, so in terms of getting involved, so we're right now we're, we're you know, pivoting a little bit with what year two would have looked like. Um, But we're actually going to be posting some information uh, likely on our website. Um, I think we're also going to post it into the to the Brightspace account for where the virtual summit was because we had such great interactions with with educators there. Just to see if there is some more interest in in growing the program for next year. Uh, We're not really sure what it, you know, Sorry, I shouldn't say we're not really sure. I have an idea of what it will look like. I'm not really ready to share that with the world yet, um, just because there's so much still up in the air with what delivery will look like over the next year. Um, but definitely, if people are interested in the teacher leader program, um, there's going to be some information that goes out on the website, uh, and uh, we'll be we'll be looking at that coming up. And it's not. I mean we're just hoping to kind of grow, right? So as we succeed in this and as we get more um, more sessions and things, then we'll definitely be growing and, and trying to see how many more people we can bring on. And it's a fascinating model because, you know, it's, it's teachers helping teachers at the end of the day um, rather than, you know, trying to, and you mentioned it, flying people from, let's say, BC all the way to New Brunswick to help these teachers where you might have, you know, the capacity in the Maritimes or in each province, if you will, to support teachers who are looking to learn and, and looking to understand more about these tools and these methods that Let's Talk Science has to offer. Yeah, and I mean, like, think about, and I mean, I, 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 I as we're talking, I, I totally forgot that you weren't able to come to the in-person training in January because you were a keynote somewhere. Um, but we had a great conversation afterwards. And, and so, I mean, like, 
you've contributed so much to the way I'm thinking about education already and, and, and understanding the K to 12 world. Uh, but I mean, like, we, so we had people come to Toronto for a day and do some in-person training. And I was in, it was my very first thing I did when I got the job. It was like, literally like, I think six weeks after I got the job, I ran in-person training <laughs> and, um, I was just reflecting on it, you know, this last week because we had so many of our teacher leaders involved in the summit. And like you, like Joanna said to me, well, you know, the, the teachers basically took over your agenda because they already knew what was going on. And I was like, yeah, like I, tried, I had this whole plan <laughs> about what we were going to do. And I had to cut like half of it, but it worked because like there was so, there was so much passion in the room and people just want to, everyone just wanted to like talk to each other about best practices and what they were doing and cool projects. And, um, I had one teacher leader who, I uh, who started to cry at the end of the day. And she said, Brittany, I found my people. Like, this is so cool. Like, I think sometimes educators, I, I think sometimes like they're, you're surrounded by other educators and, and different stuff, but depending on where you are and what your situation is, I think sometimes education can kind of feel lonely. You know, you're going to be the lone teacher at the, the front of the classroom at the end of the day. You might be the only science teacher in your class or, or, or your school, or you may have a different pedagogical approach than the different than the other teachers, right, in your school. And so I think one of the cool things about this program, it was a lot of really enthusiastic, like-minded educators who were like building off of each other and building off of their enthusiasm and their love of teaching. So like, it was such a cool experience. Yeah. And I wasn't there. And if the listeners haven't guessed it yet, I am a member of that teacher leader program. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that it is, you know, it's like-minded, but it's also, you're kind of groundbreaking, right? You're, you may be the only science teacher in your building or or you're trying to do new things and you want to know somebody else that's tried it already or or something similar to be able to bounce those ideas off. And really, it brings us kind of back to that that bright space area where other teachers can kind of become involved in that conversation and that discussion, whether it is about, you know, sessions that have been run during the virtual summit or just general questions overall that they might have in regards to transformational thinking. So, Brittany, it brings me to, to a partner in our show uh, that I like to call the specialist top five. Um, and here at this time, I'd like to ask you, Brittany, what are the top five ways that you think um, that Let's Talk Science can help teachers um, in the transformation of education? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is an insane. That is an insane question. So I, when you sent this to me before, I thought of top five resources that that LTS can give, and I think that like we've covered so many of them. STEM at home, the programs. We didn't talk about career resources, like, and that. And actually, I'm going to segue into that in a second. But um, you know, our outreach and and professional learning. But I think one of the things that I, I would like to focus on in, in maybe this like top five, and I'm sorry if I'm not going to have it in a top five like list, um, but really is is about this idea of this on, new online environment. And, you know, what is it that, that we're able to do for educators um, to prepare for this kind of like new way of, of, of being and teaching? Um, and so one of the things that like I really, really thought coming into this about is, well, my like my answers to this probably would have looked a bit different, 
right? Three months ago. <laughs> like this is like, can you imagine six months ago, three months ago, four months ago, being told that across the country, we would have 100% or near 100% educators being forced into some sort of like online or remote learning. Like, if someone would have told me that six months ago, I mean, I would have told them that they're crazy. Like, that's not the way education works. <laughs> that's not the way like the, the trends in education work, right? And we talked about that earlier. You need the early adopters. You need the change agents. You need the people who are like trying and trying and trying until things break through. So I think one of the things, I mean, I mean, the other thing I think about really is the, the big trend in education moving forward is like, and then I saw this in, in higher ed and I, and, and I didn't realize how much I would see it in the K to 12 sector, but it was really an experiential learning. So one of the things that, that became very apparent when I started this, this position was how much, and this is kind of brings me back to this careers talk, right? How much focus across education as a whole our learners have and parents and stakeholders have in what are you going to do with this? Right? Like the experience is like the actual like running through the emotions is important. But I feel like people are really more focused than ever on what are we like what are we gonna do with this education? What's the what is the purpose of this? Right? What job am I gonna get? Or and I saw it all the time in higher ed. And so I think one of the weird things that have happened is we've actually have this like a hundred percent online plus experiential, right? And it's like this like smashing of two priorities that I'm so curious about what's going to happen with. Um, but I, I mean, one of the things that I think Let's Talk Science can help kind of like bring this together is like what we try and do is we try and give like practical advice. So what like what are things, especially if you're looking at it from the educator's lens, what can I take with me right now? What is a resource I can do right now with my students? You know, like it's hard enough to try, like I said, it's hard enough for me to get my kids clothes on in the day. You know, I'm not here to like read a 30 page document on pedagogical practices and online teaching. <laughs> I'm here to like, I need something, I need something hands-on. So we've got, we've got that. And then two, we try to bring that kind of like experiential learning in. So you think about the virtual scavenger hunt. Um, and I'm going to turn this into a top five list for you. So that was number one practical too. You think about like the experiential learning piece of this, right? Think about the virtual scavenger hunt that we did last week. That was like, you're building and you're creating an experience for your students in a virtual world that is practical, right? And then you turn that around and you have them do it themselves. And now all of a sudden you're having them get skills that, that maybe they wouldn't have had before engaging in the technology. Um, I think that we you need to think about things in like a I think the other thing is kind of like thinking about like well how do we solve some of the real world problems right so these are all skills that we can infuse into our students using edtech using online tools um and I think that that's one of the things that you know thinking about our careers program thinking about our LTS challenge thinking about tomato sphere and um especially living space um what are some of the problems that we're trying to solve, right? And how can we empower our students through that, through these like practical tools? And then I think one of the other things that like you think about in this is that we, you have to be, you know, in this online environment, you have to be able to 
allow students to self-direct in some way, right? So what kind of like, in thinking about this, like what ed tech to use and thinking about something like the scratch session we did last week, um, you can, you know, if you, if as an educator, you feel empowered in your own knowledge within these tools, you can then help direct students to be self uh, directed in their own learning. And I think that that's one of the things that I really think about is how can we empower educators with some of this technology? And I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well. Um, but how do you like empower educate, ed, educators to empower their students? Because if you go back to the beginning of this talk together, that was my problem. I didn't feel empowered to let my students self-direct right? Like I felt terrified. And so I tried to keep all the control because I didn't feel like I, I didn't have enough knowledge on how to do that. And that's one of the things as an organization that we're trying to do is how are we empowering these educators? So really thinking about like right now, this are the kinds of things that are like through my brain all the time is, well, we have these kind of two worlds and how are we going to mesh them together? Yeah. And I think you, you mentioned a few things there, which is, you know, the self-directed experiential learning. And I you know, going back to the resources that you mentioned earlier uh, on the Let's Talk Science website, that being, you know, STEM at home packages, um, I think doing just that, it's such a different world that we're in right now in our current reality, um, not just for organizations, but also for for teachers trying to figure out how can I do what I normally do or or change what I do for the at home experience, but without taking away you know, that that the value that's placed there. So I, I think in, in your virtual summit, that happened in the sense that, you know, you the specific uh, tools that were, were shown in the sessions were specific to at home. You know, Scratch can be done at home. Uh, you can do a lot of those, uh, like you mentioned, the virtual scavenger hunt is something that can be created so that it can be done at home. And I think it's a it's an evolving world, if you will, as we as we try to understand where we're going uh, from where we've been. It's something that you know we'll we will only know more as we go down the road. Um, so, Brittany, I, I thank you so much for your time today. I think we've talked about a lot about Let's Talk Science. Uh, so many so many different areas of the company of the organization that many people wouldn't realize. And I go back to it. You know, a lot of people that sometimes that I talk to they 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 put Let's Talk Science as this tomato sphere company, and that's it. Uh, and, and it's so much more than that. It's so much more than than this. There's, there are branches that come off of this company, whether it's the professional learning branch, uh, the online resources, uh, the webinars, the in-person in summits, the in-person training. I'm going to ramble off here, but you know, there's so many different branches that come off of the organization. Um, so before we take off, is there anything else that you'd like to mention to our listeners that we may have missed uh, uh, during our conversation? I, I think, I, you know, one thing that, I, that I'm really proud about um, from the organization is that we bring this all to you free of charge. So there, if educators are worried about signing up for something, they're going to get charged for whatever, or any of our resources. Um, we are, you know, a, a, a national charitable organization. So we work really hard to bring these resources for free to students or to students in well, ultimately students. Um, I always kind of like have this hybrid student educator lingo that I use, but we, we work really, really hard to do that. Um, and so I, I would just, you know, if people are looking for easy access to it, letstalkscience.ca is where you're going to go. Um, and we try our best to kind of direct you from there. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And it is kind of a one-stop shop when you go to the website of Let's Talk Science. Um, you know, obviously there's social media handles that they can access as well uh, to see that information. 
Um, and like you said, you know, once you're there, the navigation brings you, whether it is you're looking for the materials, the at-home resources, um, or any of the other programs. Uh, so Brittany, again, I thank you so much for taking the time for to join me uh, on my Creative Classroom. It's been great talking to you and to really unravel what is Let's Talk Science and everything that, that they have to offer to educators looking to, you know, pioneer something new or work through what it is that they're trying to transform in their classroom. And the beautiful thing, it's all free of charge. So thank you again, Brittany, for joining me on my creative classroom. That's all we have for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Brittany Lawrence from Let's Talk Science. And I hope you check out their webpage as well as their Twitter handle at Let's Talk Science to see what other great things they have to offer. Be sure to join them on their Brightspace page to check out old webinar videos as well as keynotes that they've offered during their virtual summits. Be sure to sign up during those webinars or any other opportunities for live broadcasts to see exactly what Let's Talk Science has to offer. Be sure to share all of your creativity using the hashtag, hashtag MakeLearningCreative and follow us on Twitter at CreativeClassPod and be sure to be part of the conversation. We'll see you next time on My Creative Classroom.